Hello, everybody. Um, so I'm doing my second interview, and I'm doing it with Oliver. Hello. And so we're going to ask him some questions about his disorder that he has, what it was like growing up, and um, and how he deals with that as an adult. So he is my oldest son, and in life with him is exciting. <laughs> it's exciting. You know it, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> so um, but before we get started, a couple things is um, I would like to do the um, interviews on a more regular basis. So if anybody's out there and there is something that you struggle with or you would like to share, just uh, message me and we can, um, you know, schedule a sit down. So anyway, so. okay. Are you ready? As ready as it can be. Okay. So Oliver, um, so Oliver has um, schizoaffective disorder, and basically it's um, schizo schizophrenia and bipolar disorder mixed together. So Oliver, tell us um, about when you first started um, noticing um, the symptoms, like when you were young. And uh, when I was... Like five or ten, I'm not sure which. When I was like five or ten, I uh, I noticed that there are things that no one else can see, and I and I I asked my dad, I asked mom, and they and they and anybody of authority back then uh, why they can't see them, and they said, oh, it's just your imaginary friends and everything. So no one knew that I was schizophrenic schizoaffective or even schizophrenic for that matter mm -hmm. but as years go on i noticed i kept seeing them and seeing them and when i grow out of the imaginary friend stage uh i asked uh the counselor out northeastern i think and they uh started interviewing not interviewing but counseling me on how not to listen to any of the voices or uh or what the images say or do but for all for all my years, none of my hallucinations have ever been malevolent and or uh, vicious towards me. They usually uh, just say weird things. At first, people thought that I was just my conscious making these images and everything. So, but uh, so when you were younger, though, when he you would talk about. Um, seeing things we like he said his dad and I thought that um you know it was just his imagination you know he he liked to you know play um I guess um you know with imaginary fight or whatever yeah so but as he got older um his counselor that he had had said that um you know, they usually don't diagnose kids with schizophrenia until they're, they become adults because of that whole reason. So um, moving on, I, 
how how was it like with your friends at school? I mean, did they think it was weird or did they thought it was cool or I mean, how does that go? Oh, honestly, when I was first uh, young, I managed to pull people towards me by saying that I I'm, you know, dealing with maybe a dragon or something like that and kids were talking to me, but as I got older, I kept it to myself because I know it was kind of weird. I didn't want anybody to freak out about it. The uh five, ten, maybe thirteen people liked it. And then I just started uh keeping it to me. Mm-hmm. You mean keeping it to yourself? Yeah, keeping it to myself. Right. And then um there real quick and then um so you're and your dad and I I mean we really didn't realize anything was going on until you were a teenager right and when he was in 10th grade that's when you were diagnosed um they diagnosed you with Asperger's right and so and I think that was just for insurance purposes. But now, once he, um, his junior year? Junior to high, to senior. Yeah, that's when they diagnosed him as, um, with schizophrenia. Um, so, as after he graduated, his first semester after he graduated was a really tough, do you remember that? Uh, yeah. That's when you were in school, uh, went to Ivy Tech. Right, I... I went to college for uh, one semester. One first one semester, and that didn't work out for me. But I did have an episode that really hit home that I do have uh, schizoaffective or schizophrenia, schizophrenia, and uh, luckily there were very there are there was a kind person nearby who managed to get me through it, and mm-hmm. and. Uh, I I had to quit school. I had to quit college. I didn't want to uh, have an episode in the middle of a place where no one will help me, and and uh, so I I usually stay at home now for that reason. So so would you say that um, having something like this? Um, I mean, it does affect your everyday life, and. So are you just, you know, scared to go out in public because, you know. I wouldn't say I'm scared, but I'm more worried what might happen. Uh, I do have, I did have a lot of anxiety dealing with large groups of people. And I did not like going to stores or unless it's a comfortable place that is like a bookstore or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but now, uh, now I like I do like to go to stores and everything because, well, there's food there and I like food. <laughs> and, uh, but what if I have an episode, I just, I, I don't cling to the nearby person, but I, I make sure that whatever vision I have, I just follow that person and everything, even though when their hair turns purple with snakes. Oh, I'm joking, they, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> so, okay. Um. Yeah, he's got all kinds of stories. Yeah. Um. So I want to talk about when 
um, the medication part of it, because over the years, there was some medication that helped. There was some medication that didn't help. And then there was medication that, um, like, you would not take it at all. And so um, what was that like happening to, like, because, you know, the doctors don't know perfectly, you know, what your body needs. So they have to, like, tinker with the uh, prescription. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what was that? I mean, tell us about how that experience is with you, you know, dealing with that. When I was younger, I didn't take medicine. I didn't like taking medicine because it made me feel different. I'm not sure how I can explain it back then. Mm-hmm. Now I... You mean like the side effects? Yeah. Get- I didn't comprehend what the side effects were. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to ask anybody because of all I know it could have been just my imagination and everything. Just mm-hmm. that anxiety that hit. Uh, and it did take a lot of tinkering on getting the right meds that I do now and everything. And even then we have to increase the dose or lower a dose just to be safe on things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I try to uh, take my medicine every day and every night. And uh, hopefully I wouldn't have to add any medicine because even throughout all the years of not knowing what to do or what and knowing what to do, I don't like taking pills because it makes me feel sick, if that's any a good word for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk about when you got to the point where you were not hearing or seeing any hallucinations anymore. Like, how did that feel? Because I remember when we talked to the uh, therapist, um, she told me that you felt lonely. Oh, yeah. You know, so, I mean, explain to us, someone who has doesn't deal with that, you know, you're being bombarded with voices and hearing things and seeing things, and then all of a sudden, they just slowly go away. Uh, I don't know what... Oh, sorry. Uh, I don't know what it's like for other people, because I know that the paranoid schizophrenia is a dangerous thing, and that it it feeds off of your paranoia and everything. But for me, it, uh, the hallucinations, the both vocal and or and auditory one, have been with me throughout my years, and uh, they became part of me and everything. And I want to, and I kind of want to keep that in a way because it makes me feel like I'm not completely alone. I think, but when I finally did, uh, uh lose them for a time i uh i think i went into a depression i'm not sure because i didn't have anybody to talk to or i didn't have anybody to see when there's no one else around or when both my parents are working Mm -hmm. so i'm thinking that okay so if you don't have anybody around why don't you go find somebody and but you're used to being um isolated secluded by yourself right and because You've always had that friendship. I do. I mean, that's how you look at it. Yeah. Um. So. Um. I lost my train of thought. I had another question. I'm going to ask you. (laughs) 
we can take a minute. <laughs> so, um, so now that um, you know you're adult, you're an adult. You've had this, you know, your entire life. I mean, do you think about it every day? Or honestly, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't always think about it because they sometimes there are voices that oh sorry there are voices that pop and sometimes there are uh, voices that whisper and then like nowadays I don't get actual people and I think because I think my imagination kind of shrunk as time goes on but I get I get like little like flashes flashes of things that flick at the edge of my uh, sight mm-hmm. and that makes me look and I know and then it can be helpful too because I sometimes notice like oh my keys are down on the floor or something like that <laughs> are you saying they're helping you find stuff surprisingly <laughs> <laughs> I don't, people I know that doesn't sound right but it helps <laughs> <laughs> so um Oh, I can't even keep track of what I'm talking about. Sorry. <laughs> so, what do you think your uh, family, like your brothers, what do you think they thought about you? Uh, I know that once didn't believe uh, anything that about the hallucination because he thinks I was just daydreaming. But Rat seems to be okay with that. Like he knows there's something wrong with me. Or something weird with me, but he he uh, he seems to accept that I can that my weirdness has stemmed from my experience, has stemmed from my experience uh, with schizoaffective, mm-hmm. and uh, I think he's okay with it now. I don't know about Max. I don't hang out that, that I don't hang around Max that often, mm-hmm. and he, I think he's not aware that I have schizoaffective. Mm-hmm. Well, I know me personally, it, it was a struggle as being your mom. Yeah. Because, you know, when kids are younger and they're going through these things, you know, the first thing that we tend to think is, oh, he's just wild. He's hyper. He can't concentrate. He can't pay attention. And so we're like taking you to the doctor, trying to get all this stuff worked out. And they're saying it's this, they're saying it's that. And then, you know, you're not being evaluated regularly like you're supposed to. Um, You know, I find out when you're 16, 17 years old that, or I'm sorry, 14 or 15, that you should have been evaluated like, you know, four years earlier, reevaluated, I should say. Right. And I was like, okay. Isn't that when I did get reevaluated? That's when I transferred you to um, Center Step. Oh. So, because we weren't doing, um, we had quit the one therapist. And we were just getting medication refilled at the clinic. So, um, that's when we switched you to Center Stone. And then that's where you got diagnosed with schizoaffective, Asperger's. Yeah, but it was. Right, but it was <laughs> that's like a brain tumor. Thank you, Mom. <laughs> I hadn't noticed. 
<laughs> I'm happy feeling a little pressure on the side here. <laughs> He's got a tumor. He's a tumor. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, I, so as a parent, it was a struggle. And then trying to explain things to people. So a lot of times I, a lot of times I got, well, <laughs> he just needs punished. <laughs> really? <Wow. laughs> people just said that to you? Yeah, you need to, I needed to thank you. It's like I'm did you and Dad did spank me <laughs> well, when you were younger. When you really did something that was disobedient, right. you know. But I was like, I'm, I'm over that because there's some, that's not going to fix this child. So <laughs> yeah, I remember when Dad told us to pick our uh, pick the tool that he would spank us with. The tool? Yeah. It wasn't an actual tool. It was like, oh. a, it was like a spatula <laughs> or something. A kitchen tool. Yeah. Winston picked a book, a thick book, and he didn't think that dad would be able to use it properly. <laughs> he said to do with some word. <laughs> I, I think he picked the Bible, too. <laughs> so. So how I know you've had a couple of jobs, you know, since you were um, since you've graduated. So what was it like working um, with coworkers and employers? So, I mean, don't name names or places. My first job. Well, it's at this place. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and my first job, they found that pretty in the employees. My coworkers, but it was pretty interesting that I had it and everything. And uh, but uh, my employers uh, did not care for it one bit because they said it distracts me and everything. They couldn't fire me, but <laughs> it, it distract. It was distracting to the others too, mm-hmm. and so I try to keep to keep more to myself, and everything, mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, did you feel like maybe the employer did not understand? I think he didn't want to understand. Like I, anybody like for uh, one of my friends there, he did ask questions about what's it like, uh, what's it like? Uh, do do you take anything for it and everything? And I, and I answered the the questions at the time as best I can mm-hmm. and everything. Oh, yeah. And it, so I try to answer as best I can, and everybody else, you know, got the memo. I'm just, a, I'm just a weird kid that started working there and everything, uh-huh. and whatnot. So, do you think that um, your boss, like things that he felt you were doing wrong, do you think he thought you were doing it on purpose, or that he understood that you had um, limitations with remembering things? And I think he didn't like it. That was one thing. He, because I do remember uh, him uh, saying that you only get in this, you only get in these days because I was told to give them to you and everything. Mm-hmm. And at first, I didn't understand what that meant. And then you told me that you called and everything. Then, uh, so I tried to earn my days and everything. Mm-hmm. But whatever I did, it, it nothing I did pleased him 
and everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he'd hold it, hold my schedule effective against me, but I think he just thinks I was just a lousy employee. employee. Well, what about um, stressful situations? I mean, how does that make you feel? Asking for more days with him was stressful. And that, and apparently that's for all the employees, uh-huh. except for one or two people and everything. So I know that when you get stressed, it brings on more hallucinations, right? Everything. And that's just my brain overworking with their overworking with things. And so normally I, I did arrange at my first job to have a uh, a timeout moment, as it were, mm-hmm. where I just go outside and take a few breaths and everything. Mm-hmm. They got really bad, which I just, which I, which was, it got real bad one time when I did, and I finally decided that I wanted another job that was less stressful and that led to my other job. Mm-hmm. And I was fully open with them and I didn't try to hide what I was. Right. And I didn't try to hide what I was at my second job. Right. Well, so, I'm losing all my questions tonight. <laughs> right, because, you know. Because I'm a hilarious comedian. <laughs> well, say something. <laughs> so, um, so tell me, um, like, as, you know, being your mom, yeah. I mean, do you think I'm an awesome mom? Or do you think I sucked at it? Um, there were times I did not like you, <laughs> but there were, but there are plenty of more where I, I always thought it's like, oh, I'm glad I have her as my mom. She's so understanding and she's a dork like me. <laughs> Excuse me. You are a dork mom. <laughs> <laughs> and she is the one who mostly raised me and my brothers, not Max. Max was the dad and Mandy's kid. But uh, for uh, for me, was an rat. She raises the best for abilities, and then uh, when uh, and th- and Glenn came along, and that made her happy. And I was glad that she was happy. Don't do that. <laughs> it's not that kind of channel. Sorry. <laughs> when Glenn came along, uh, it made her happy, and I was glad that she was happy and everything. And I know we had our problems, and I know that I I probably have said some things that hurt her feelings, or she said some things that hurt my feelings. Go on, sorry. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that right there is one of the reasons why I like her. <laughs> <laughs> she she helped me become the person I am today, and I'm really <laughs> thankful for that. Oh, that's great. This wasn't, I, we didn't do this <laughs> to get brownie points. <laughs> I, I, I'm boosting your ratings right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just, I just want people to know that, I mean, everybody knows that there's mental illness and. Yeah, but it's in the background of everything. Right. And nobody, I mean, like, I don't know of anybody that openly talks about it. I mean, I talk about it with my family, you know, my mom and my sisters and things, but I mean, it's like on the day-to-day stuff, I mean, there's like challenges, you know, um, 
you know, name some of the things that you, that have been challenging for you here lately, you know, things that I think are hindering you. So like, I want you to, you know, get up every morning and get dressed and everything, but sometimes you can't do that because you've been awake for two, three days. Yeah. You know, and that's another side effect when it, of it. When it, oh, when it comes to me staying up for two to three days, uh, it's not due to the hallucinations. It's due to the fact that I just get not buzzed or maybe that's the right word, buzzed. Because, uh, for instance, my fingers, I can tell when I get too hyper because my fingers would uh, vibrate. And, oh, how do you... How did he feel about the pandemic? I was happy, to be honest. Not because people were dying or anything like that. Oh, but because, <laughs> no, because I was happy. I mean, like, it being in the house and everything. I, it was just like, it was just a normal day for me. Because I've been home for, for two to three years already. and Yeah, and, he does stay home a lot. So, um, And walking to the store was still pretty easy. I didn't, I mean, wearing masks to to uh, other places were was a big change for me. But luckily, we uh, don't have to wear masks anymore, at least not here. There, I think. But we're supposed to. We're supposed to, but no one, no one pushes you to do it or anything. But, but being around other people didn't stress you out. No, no. Yeah. Because everyone is now in the same spot as me. We have to stay isolated. We, we have to... Uh, be in the same spot for at first two weeks, then the whole year. Yeah, I mean it was it was tough on me though. One year anniversary to our two week isolation. Huh? <laughs> the one year anniversary to our two week isolation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fifteen days to um, what is it? Fifteen days to. Lower the curve or something. Yeah, I yeah, can't remember yeah. the same. Um, so, okay. I mean, do you think that you talking about this, you know, will help somebody else out there? I hope so. I don't. I'm not the. I, I'm not the best example because I. I like to call it. I have schizophrenic schizophrenic light and everything, or diet schizophrenia, because I ha I got off pretty easy. I, I only see things, I see things that are not scary, or sometimes they are scary, but they're not hurtful or anything. They The voices don't tell me to cause myself or anybody else harm. And uh, Sometimes you said that they would just, just talk and talk and talk and talk. That gets annoying sometimes. That's why, that's why music, I love music, and I get that, I get that from my, from my dad, mm -hmm. because uh, I love just putting on headphones, drowning out and everything else. And I love learning about fan-made music. Right? Like there's this one, uh, Samuel something. He uh, he made he made an entire soundtrack of Star Wars music that was medieval and everything. Mm -hmm. I thought that was pretty neat, and that helped that helped me put myself in a in a mood and everything. In a mood, I don't know how to explain it. Okay, <laughs> but it helps you focus. It, yeah, to drown out the voice. Helps me focus when I'm typing, or it helps me focus when I'm reading and everything. I love reading too, and everything. And you get that from your mom and dad. Yeah. So, 
Well, is there anything else you want to share? Uh, don't do drugs. Stay in school. <laughs> Eat Just your teeth. <laughs> Eat your teeth. That's a reference. <laughs> oh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Different dimension. <laughs> what does that mean? Different, Different dimensions. Not sure what they're asking. <laughs> Do you mean do I see different dimensions or that I perceive things in a different way? Probably. Oh, well, I have. You have in the past, but. Usually when I see another world is when I stayed up for three days straight and I don't get enough sleep. And then like immediately after I've seen this world, I pass out and then forget about it. Yeah. I knew what happened, but. And then we're like, he's, you know, sleeping 14, 16 hours. Um, oh, did the music oh. take him to a different place? No, uh, normally no, but uh, there was like blank out, blank it out. Uh, nor normally I don't go to a different place when I uh, when I play music, but if I again when I stay off for two to three days and I put on like a really sad song, I would like experience my room raining or. If I put on uh, like marching sounds, I like hearing marching feet because it sounds rhythmic and everything. Mm -hmm. And but then next thing I know, I find myself in a dirt field with an army marching next to me and everything. That that's that's one of the few times that it has happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so anytime and when you get to that point. I would pass out and go to sleep. <laughs> right, because your body is saying, okay, you, you're you stressing yourself out, your anxiety's high, and it's time for you to crash because yeah. the brain can't take this anymore. Right, right. So so those are some of the things that, you know, he's had to deal with um, over the years. Um, as a mom, um, you know, when he's sleeping for 14, 16 hours straight, I'm like, Dude, you got to get up and go to the bathroom. You got to get you some water. You got to get you some food. Water and food, yes. But when you, when you're, when the body is shut down, like I, I am, it, it goes into a recycling session and whatnot. So basically, I, I won't have to use the bathroom until the, until like a few minutes after I've woken up and everything. Yeah, I know. But as a mom, I'm worrying about all this stuff. I know. I know. Yeah. So, um, but I have it down to a science. <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, um, well, Oliver, I'm glad that you um, allowed, you know, came on here and allowed us to um, talk about this, and hopefully, it'll help someone, you know, out there. If you know of anybody that you think may be struggling with, you know. Um, and a disorder like that, you know, um, pointing to the, uh, point them to the Facebook page. Um, also, make sure you tell somebody and call help and everything, because I may not like it myself, but counseling, medicine, it has helped me, and it has put me in, in the right mindset that I, I have today and whatnot. Yeah, I think definitely medication, um, especially with the um, the hallucinations and things, 
And then the other is talk therapy. He hated to do that. He hated going to it. But um, that is just one of the, that's like the number one thing that um, has, that really helps people, you know, um, no matter what, you know, kind of problem that you're going through or you, you know, you have, you know, talking it out. Um, and I think a lot of times talking to someone who doesn't know you, someone who's outside of the circle or outside the box, um, you know, especially if that's a counselor or a doctor or therapist or whatever. And talk to your family too, because they could have ideas that could help you. Like, like, uh, like the patterns that you can adopt. The word is. Uh, you mean like routines? Yes, routines. And like healthy routines. Healthy routines, like get up in the morning, put on clothes, or take a shower, then put on clothes. Maybe go for a walk or something like that. I don't do it personally, but I do. <laughs> I do walk to the store most time. <laughs> but so talking to people does help with exercising the demons, as it were, and everything. Okay. So if you, anybody has any questions, um, if you're listening to this after it's aired, um, definitely comment, hashtag replay, and then ask your questions, and he'll answer them for you. But um, he's, I just, you know, I used to wonder, you know, why has this happened to him or what has happened to us, but you know, now I don't do that anymore. Um, Stresses you out too much. Well, I don't get, no, I don't get stressed out about it. I get stressed out about you not taking care of yourself. But I'm just at that point where it's, um, it just is what it is, you know. And so there's, I mean, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. You know, we just deal with it on a daily basis. And you know, if something comes out, we work through it. Um, I mean, in the past, it has been a big struggle, you know, making sure that um, you have everything that you need. So, right. so anyway, thank you for those who did tune in and ask questions. I really appreciate that. And so, like I said, um, this will be on Facebook and I'm I think I'm going to put it on YouTube and Instagram. So if any of you want to ask any questions, uh, feel free. And I do plan on having another interview. So um, if you know of anybody that has really struggled and uh, that just soldiered on and, you know, want to talk about it, hook me up. We'll have another interview. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Have a good evening. now listen to Motherhood Unfiltered is going to be okay podcast on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and Audible. Please subscribe today.